Well, hello, everyone. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Welcome to Business Casual, our weekly podcast. Today, we're going to talk about Veterans Day. It is, we're actually recording this on Veterans Day, although you won't hear it for a few days. And we want to talk a little bit about how veterans often use MBA programs as a transition to civilian life. Who's best qualified to get into a great MBA program from the military? Who, if you can't get into a Harvard, Stanford, Wharton, Chicago, Kellogg, Columbia, you name your M7 or or top 15 school, will a second tier school help you as well? And if you are in the military and you're thinking about wanting an MBA and you want to start right away, should you go online? And will that ultimately help ease the transition into civilian life when you leave the military? So we're here with, as always, Caroline D'Arty Edwards, the former admissions director of NCAD, who is the co-founder of Fortuna Admissions, and Maria McVilla, who's the founder of Applicant Lab. Maria, you've worked with some people who are from the military and helped them transition into MBA programs and ultimately into civilian life. What's your take on this? I mean, I think the MBA is an excellent transition into civilian life. It's probably one of the best routes in. Uh, I do think that veterans, veterans definitely have some advantages in the application process, but also some disadvantages. So the advantages are that nobody can question your loyalty, your work ethic, your ability to get things done, even in difficult circumstances. The biggest challenge that military candidates have is that the admissions officers may or may not understand what is elite and what isn't. So it's the same with anyone who has a very specialized job. You can read a resume and say, oh, well, I know exactly what that means. I know that this position is a very difficult one to get. I know that getting that sort of commendation or that transfer means that you're the best of the best. Uh, But sometimes you can't assume that the admissions office will know that. So it's up to you as a candidate to really explain in the resume and or the essays or even your recommendations to really point out what about your previous background has been extraordinary. And, you know, you mentioned something about uh, being highly selective. And we all know that candidates who go to highly selective undergraduate schools and have highly selective jobs often are favored in elite MBA admissions, in part because they've already passed through very fine screens. And I'm just going to say it here. Admission directors are often risk adverse. And, um, you know, if someone has gone to Yale or Princeton and ended up at McKinsey or Goldman, uh, you know, they're a sure bet. I mean, you don't have to worry about making an admissions mistake. So I wonder if, in fact, some of these jobs that the military might have may or may not be highly selective, but that's why it's important to describe exactly how hard it was to get that job, right? Yes, exactly. And um, for example, if you have, there are apparently something like occupational codes or military occupational specialties. And so those are literally almost like number codes that say, okay, this is exactly what my job is in the military. So for example, if you have a position, if you're military occupational specialty code is like say a level above where it should be in terms of your age or the number of years of your service, or if you're performing the duties of someone who is at a higher level, you have to, you have to sort of um, explain that and make sure that it's clear as one example. But the good news is about the military is that almost everything is quantified. So at the end of every, you know, 
type of volunteering or not volunteering, but to every type of work that you're doing, um, you will be given a rank. So I was ranked number two out of 200. I was ranked number one out of 40, whatever that is. So that's another thing that you should use to your advantage. Right. Caroline, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a great path, as Maria said. You know, the MBA is a wonderful springboard for a career transition. And, um, you know, it can open so many different doors that would otherwise be closed. And, that you know, that's the fantastic thing about going to business school, people coming from, you know, a vast array of backgrounds, right? It, it, it just gives you a fresh start and gives you credibility with employers that you wouldn't otherwise have. So, you know, it, it, it's a great education to get. The important thing is to think about, you know, what are the transferable skills that, that you have built? Because sometimes candidates are concerned that, you know, my experience isn't relevant to business school, right? What am I going to have to contribute to the classroom compared to someone who's an investment banker or someone who's a management consultant, right? My experience is very, very different. I haven't worked in business before. But, you know, what what, what you need to think about is, you know, breaking down the elements of your experience and, and the skills that you've developed into those into those transferable skills that will be relevant to business school, but also very importantly, relevant to, to future employers and recruiters. So, you know, leadership skills are obviously, um, you know, a, a key area that people are able to build in the military, you know, often to a much more advanced level than someone coming from civilian life. So, you know, and, and breaking down the elements of that and, you know, communication, teamwork, you know, the ability to work under pressure and stress, you know, you've probably developed that to to a much more advanced degree than someone who's come from from a, from a different background. So, so it's important to you know think carefully about your profile and, and think about it not so much in military terms, but in the in terms of those you know specific skills and abilities that you've developed and 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 breaking those down and thinking about you know how you can convey a clear story about you know how you've developed as an individual and a professional during your time um, in the military and the path that that has put you on and and, um, you know who you are today as a result of that experience right I wonder if you really want to go to a you know elite school is it necessary to have gone to a military academy like West Point or the Naval Academy or is it possible to um, get into a Harvard or Stanford or um, in the United States with uh, a degree from a non-military academy school if you're a veteran. Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I, I can take that one. Absolutely. So there are there are a couple of different paths into the military. Uh, the main one is going to a service academy. The other one is you can do ROTC at another undergraduate institution. And then the third option is officer candidacy school, which is for people who are essentially, my understanding is civilians, and then you basically go through this very intense training program. And if, and if you survive it and get out the other side, you are in fact given a leadership position, um, essentially equivalent, I think, to if you had gone to one of the academies, but don't quote me on that. But the point is there are those three different entrance points and each one of them is actually, I think, a viable path in. It's more about what you do once you're in the military. So, for example, um, I had a former client who had gone to an elite college undergrad, had done a couple of years in some sort of standard post-college pre-MBA type of role. I don't remember if it was banking or consulting, but then decided to enlist in the Marines, uh, went to officer candidate school and did end up going to HBS. Um, And when I spoke with him, he said one of the things that at least HBS in particular seemed to really value more so than where you went for your undergraduate experience was infantry or or frontline combat type of experience. 
So because, you know, Caroline just mentioned the advanced leadership skills. I mean, I don't care how good of a banker you are, how amazing your spreadsheet work is. If you've never actually led people in battle, or I worked someone with someone once who literally jumped out of a helicopter with 10 other Navy people to rescue someone. I mean, you know, when you, when you have those sorts of stories and you think about, okay, transferable skills, you, maybe you're not hopping out of a helicopter, but if you're meeting a big, de- big deadline at work, you're going to be able to keep your cool and you're going to be able to motivate people. Um, so he said that it was more about within the military who has had either the bigger leadership roles as in leading people in a combat situation um, or also in my experience, there are certain groups within the military that are, for example, creating innovations or are trying to develop the next generation of you name it, right? Warplanes or you know missiles on marine submarines, whatever that is. And, and I've had good luck with people who are working for those innovation divisions, even though they are not on the front lines, but they do have really interesting stories. They are often managing budgets. They are often managing dozens of people. Uh, And so those experiences in particular really stand out. And one final one that stands out is I I worked with someone once who um, was actually a graduate of one of the service academies and had been asked back as an instructor. And when I ran that past my other former client, he said, wow, that's that's a really big deal if the yeah, academy asks you yeah. back to be a, be a teacher after a couple of years. So it's it's not enough to simply be in the military to get into, as you said at the beginning, John, the schools are looking for any indicator of elite performance that they can use yeah. as a proxy. And so even within the military, there are definitely some assignments that are more, more plum or more elite than others, as it were. Uh, and so, you know, the schools may not immediately know that, but they are starting to get a better sense as more and more veterans apply. And again, it's up to you as a as a candidate to let them know. Caroline, are there schools that are known to be uh, super friendly to veterans? Well, I mean, there are some schools that have special programs and clubs and so on. So you know, MIT Sloan, um, they have a, a veterans visit day where you can go and, you know, a, a, as, as a group and understand, you know, how you would fit into the program and what you can get out of the program specifically for, for your profile. Some of the schools have clubs for, for veterans. Um, so I think Tark and, and Wharton have have veterans clubs. So those are, you know, it's good to connect with people with a similar profile at the schools um, so that you can understand, you know, what resources you'll have, what support you'll get, what sort of community you'll be part of. So, you know, definitely do that research ahead of time and and try to reach out to, to current students who've come from a military background or alumni to understand, um, you know, to what extent, you know, they found a like-minded community at the school, a supportive community, and, um, you know, how they, they felt that, um, you know, veterans were welcomed into the program. Yeah, I uh, would think that the alumni club, uh, or rather the veterans club on campus, would be the ideal place mm-hmm. to go and just talk to different people about the experience that they're having at the school uh, and what they did to get in would be very, very valuable, I would imagine. I also want to give a shout out to an organization called service2school.org. That's service, the number two, school.org, all one word. It is a nonprofit that does help people from the military make the transition to civilian life. And one of the things they do offer is advice for uh, MBA as well as college and other types of, of educational pathways. So reach out to them for sure. 
Yeah, I know one of the heads of that organization in San Francisco, and uh, it's a terrific organization. You're going to get help for free, and you're going to have, you know you're going to get help from people who really you know have done this before and have done it well. Uh, the person I knew went to Stanford and got his MBA. It was a terrific guy. The service to school, look him up. That really helpful. Now, here's another thing about veterans. When they apply, typically they're older than mainstream MBA candidates in elite programs. And I wonder if, you know, admissions officials automatically know that, look, if you were in the military, you had to sign up for X number of years. And so you might very well be in your early 30s instead of 28. Does that need any explaining or do enough admission officials understand that? I think that's fine. And it's often the case that candidates from non-traditional backgrounds will be a bit older than than the average candidate. So I I don't think that you need to explain that. Um, You know, certainly if you're not not far off, you know, not many years off the average, if you're early 30s, they they will understand that, you know, you've had a certain commitment and it's taken a number of years um, to, to get to the point where you are uh, and, and and to be ready to, to make that transition out of, um, uh, um, out of the military. So I wouldn't feel that it's a disadvantage and I don't think that you need to be concerned about explaining that away. Good. And what about the European schools? Do you think that they are as friendly as the U.S. schools uh, for veterans? Well, I'm not sure that there are many sort of specific programs as you have in the U.S., um, so, so you know, in, term, in the US, you know, you have domestic, um, you know, clubs and, and paths and support organizations, as we've said, um, you know, geared up to helping people um, from the US military get into um, US-based schools. So it's a little bit different with the international schools because, you know, there's people coming from all over the world and a lot of different backgrounds. And, and so there may be, you, you may not have those sort of specific channels for a specific military um, going into a domestic school. But, you know, having said that, the schools have, you know, incredibly diverse student bodies, and that will always include some people with military backgrounds. Um, so, you know, certainly at INSEA, for example, um, a lot of people coming from um, Israel have, have very strong military backgrounds. And, and, and you know, that, that's a common track to see. And, uh, you know, worked with candidates from, from the British Armed Forces going into to, to international business schools. So it's, uh, uh, it, it, it's a common path um, that, that candidates from, from, from military organizations all over the world um, would, would look to apply to business school to, to make that, that career switch and make a transition. Yeah. And just as a mainstream MBA candidate going to a European school will be in a more globally diverse uh, cohort, the military candidate also would be in a more diverse, uh, globally oriented veteran cohort because you're going to have veterans from from all kinds of different countries, which kind of makes for an interesting experience in and of itself. Yes, yes, it is. And, And, you know, these schools are specifically looking to recruit very diverse profiles. And, you know, the military have often had, you know, great international experience as well by the nature of their assignments. And, and the international schools are specifically looking for that, that international experience. So um, certainly it can be a, a great background to have, a very relevant background for, this, for, the, for those international programs. So let's say you don't exactly have uh, the stats, the background, 
uh, to get into a top 20, top 25 school. Is a second tier school going to do going to be just as good uh, to help you make a transition into civilian life? Something like an Arizona State, you know, University of Georgia, one, one of these kind of schools. What do you think? Yeah, I absolutely think, look, John, it's it's certainly, it, well, it's better than nothing. It's much, much, much better than nothing because people seem to forget that business school is still school. There are, you, surprisingly enough, <laughs> you actually go to class and you learn things. Imagine that. And so I think the skills that you will learn at a business school, one of the reasons I think all three of us are so in favor of the business school education is that it does cover so many different topics that can be applied in so many different situation. So even if you should go back to the military or something related to public service, you're still going to know how to build a budget. You're going to have an idea how to manage a team. You're going to have an idea of how to position things to market them or to convince other people of them. So I think that the skills that you get, you know, in terms of the two years that you spend in business school, or even the one year, if it's an accelerator program, the amount of information that you're going to get that will help you make some sort of a career pivot it doesn't have to be from a fancy school. Yeah, and you're going to make connections as well. And you're going to get a lot of help, particularly if you go to a really good second-tier school. Uh, so those are the schools I would look at. You know, uh, the second group uh, in the 50 after the top 25 are all great schools that are going to help someone make a really good uh, transition to civilian life. The other issue, which I find a lot of military people do, is they, they take online courses. And obviously, there's um, a large portfolio of online MBA programs today, including at very, very good schools uh, like the University of Michigan, uh, Carnegie Mellon, Indiana University, UNC at Chapel Hill, University of Southern California, Rice, and others. And I wonder what you two think of someone in the military who is stationed abroad but might want to get started on an MBA program uh, in anticipation of leaving the military uh, two years, three years out, uh, should they be going to an online MBA program and would that help them? Maria? Yeah, for the same reasons that we just mentioned, right? I think the education is still there. Obviously, the networking opportunities are not going to be there quite as much, but to the extent that it will help you make that transition perhaps a little bit more quickly, because you can probably get part or all of much of the degree while you are still uh, serving in, in the military, perhaps then it could help accelerate that. And really, you just need that first job out of business school. Once you get a job anywhere in, in the private sector or in a quote unquote business role, as long as you do well in that job, that's what's going to matter. That it's it's your track record professionally that then begins to speak for itself. And that's where you build your your post-military career. So even though the opportunities may not be quite as elite or as shiny, you can still make a really good life for yourself. If you just you just need to get that first job and do well in it. And if you've already been in the military, you will probably do well because you have that work ethic uh, and that spirit of commitment. So True. I still think it's worth it. Yeah. Caroline, you agree? Yes, I do. I think it depends on your goals, Maria said. And Maria said, you know, it's an academic experience, right? Part, a big part of why people go to business school is to build a foundation of knowledge. And you can get a lot of that through these online programs. So in terms of, you know, knowledge building, giving you that, that strong foundation that will give you the ability and the confidence 
to uh, to, to to land a, a, a job post MBA and and do well and be professionally successful, um, you with a lot of those online programs you can achieve that. Um, you don't have necessarily the same opportunity to build close knit relationships, and um, so you, you need to think about what are your goals from the program and um, and, and you know whether the program that you're looking at, if that's online, whether that's going to to, to give you the ability to, to move forward in the right direction. But, you know, in, in terms of facilitating a career switch and building the knowledge that you need to, to make a switch and have that springboard to, to open doors, then, you know, a lot of those programs would, would, would be a great opportunity as well. Yeah. I would offer this advice if you're looking at online MBA programs. Don't necessarily go for the cheapest ones. And the reason is because there's far less career support and coaching in a bargain basement online MBA than there would be in one that's uh, priced a bit higher where they can afford to basically set aside resources um, that are for career development that would help with the transition uh, from military to uh, the civilian life. Uh, Indiana Kelly would be a really good good option here because they're not a six-figure online MBA program as some are. I think there are about seven or eight of those now, and those are all great programs, and you're going to get a lot of support, but that's the really expensive. Uh, Indiana Kelly, I think, is priced in the right range, and they have terrific coaching. Uh, in fact, they, they offer a career coach for life in their online MBA program, and all other coaches are uh, trained to be executive coaches, and they have really an amazing uh, career machine at that school. So uh, that would be one option. And in, if you're shopping for an online MBA, you should ask to talk to uh, alums who have been in the military and who used it for the purpose that you're using it for and ask them directly, what kind of help did you get from the school uh, to get to land your first job? And even after that, and, and did you have comrades in the in the program that you felt, uh, you know, a meaningful relationship with, even though you were taking your degree long distance? I think those are important questions to ask to sort of kick the tires before you actually commit uh, to an online MBA experience. Well, this is our salute to veterans. We, we honor you, we thank you for your service, and uh, we really do think an MBA is a superb experience, uh, a, a one or two year program in between uh, these two important chapters of your life that I think could be really inc an incredible experience for you and really smooth that transition and set you off on a really great trajectory. So. Caroline and Maria, thank you for offering all that great advice. And for me, John Byrne at Poets of Quants, thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.